Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast and I just forgot the name of our show uh, until it started coming out of my mouth, which is great. My name is Brendan Bigley. <laughs> I'm Stephen Hilger. I, I assumed you said it, but then when you said that I had to question everything. Yeah, it is Hello, called Into the Aether. welcome to Stinky and Friends. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh shit. Oh, I fucked up. <laughs> it's not even episode 100. Um, <laughs> oh man, we're getting close to that though. We are. Uh, I think last is... week was 83, and that's not including the bonus episodes, which we're not counting towards our number. Yeah. So what, we got like seven more weeks? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. More than, more than that. Hey. Eight more weeks? Uh, 17. Um, more, <laughs> more funny and interesting than just numbers. Uh, Brendan, you have been playing uh, a game that you and I are both very excited for, uh, Persona yeah. 5 Royale. And this whole episode, I think we're going to talk about that game and and the persona series like overall mm-hmm. i've been playing persona 3 which i'll talk about after the break which i'm very excited to to discuss and this is a series that you and i both adore honestly i think it's one of my favorite series of all time yeah um, i have a weird thing with this where like i definitely like we both definitely love this series i have never played more than like 10 hours of one of them <laughs> it's weird it's like every time i sit down to play one i'm like man i fucking love this game yeah. i love this i'm never gonna stop playing it and then something happens and i stop playing it so yeah i like just to i get quick background for me i bought a vita to play persona 4 golden um i think based on the recommendation of like podcasts i was listening to at the time that was like you should be, you should have a vita and you should be playing persona 4 like that's the game you should have like, okay cool so i did that uh and i probably like I, people kept saying like oh yeah it'll take like 14 to 15 hours for it to get good and i was like <laughs> you know what <laughs> i i have the time why not like I, yeah. that's fine i'll i'll be able to do that and i got about 12 to 13 hours in and then i was like nah i don't know I liked it, but I didn't like love it. Um, And then they started like, you know, all the stuff about Persona 5 started happening. So I picked that game up on launch day, started playing it and uh, and really, really, really liked it. I have some gripes and I'll get into those because they don't go away in Persona 5 Royal um, with with the opening of Persona 5, at least. But for the most part, I was like, I, I see what this is and I see why it's great and why I should have continued playing Persona 4. Yada, yada. That said, uh, I only got to the end of the first palace in Persona 5 because the Nintendo Switch home entertainment system came out also, I think, like yeah. the next week. And with that came The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which right. is maybe one of the best games of all time. Uh, yeah. And also, you and I just did a bonus episode about it with our good friend Sadie, uh, which if you haven't heard, you should go listen to. That just came out last week as well. Um, but anyway... Breath of the Wild came out, so I was like, okay, I put Persona down, and then, you know, just, like, kind of indefinitely, I wasn't playing Persona 5 anymore. But I got to the end of the first palace, and I was like, this is good, I like this, I'm excited to see where this leads. And and by the time I had kind of, like, welled up the interest within myself to continue playing Persona 5, they had already announced Persona 5 Royal. So then I was kind of in this weird, like, holding pattern of, like, how long do I want to wait? Uh, you know, should I just keep playing it, because I have it already? Should I uh, keep going? Like, what are the differences going to be? Also, as you and I mentioned on many, many, many episodes of this show in our first year of doing it like we were convinced that persona 5 was going to come out for switch like convinced (laughs) that it was going to happen yeah Uh, 
which it's absolutely Oops. not. Did you Probably see? Not. Wait. So uh, for those of you who missed that whole saga, there was a point where they were announcing. We we had heard that there were uh, a bunch of Persona things in the works. One of them was called P5S. That was like the code for it. And the other one was P5R. And we didn't know what they were going to be. But everybody assumed that P5S was P5 for Switch. Everyone thought it was going to be Persona 5 for Switch. Um, and it ended up being this game called Persona 5 Scramble, which is like, um, like a Dynasty Warriors kind yeah. of. Uh, which I'm excited for still, but absolutely uh bait and switch well, have, <laughs> or, have you seen or, the or most recent update on persona 5 scramble no i haven't what, okay so update? persona 5 Scram- so that got announced everybody was like no fucking way is this not yeah. persona 5 for switch like i can't believe that it. it's this game instead um they announced that and then they announced p5r which is persona 5 royal which is what we have now um just an updated version not for switch for ps4 but persona 5 scramble they were like okay cool this is when it comes out in japan great Came out in Japan. Everybody just assumed that there was a release date for the U.S. And then there wasn't one suddenly. And and now there still isn't one for some reason, even though the game's been out in Japan for a long time. <laughs> yeah. they, Atlas Games, the, the, um, the uh, I guess, producers or developers, whatever, of, of this franchise, just sent out a survey recently that said, would you be interested in us bringing Persona 5 Scramble to the United States? Not even like... <laughs> Oh my god. Not even like, are you excited for this game that's coming out that we've announced? But like, would you be interested in us localizing this? See, uh, I assumed like I I I too was disappointed that P5 wasn't coming to Switch and you know, Scramble is probably the last word people thought the S stood for. <laughs> like, you know? Persona Short 5 like, Skillet. Persona 5 Steven. I'm in it now. Uh I'm the moon arcana. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that while you were drinking. <laughs> I'm sorry. That almost went everywhere. But yeah, it's, I, I was like, you know what? Like I'm very much, I enjoyed Hyrule Warriors for what it was worth. And like, yes, I'm a big enough fan of P5 that I was like applying that to a dynasty warriors game could be very fun. And I'm, and I'm, you know, and for this show, I'm always like, if I'm on the fence in a positive way, I'll check something out. Cause why not? Yeah. You know, right. Resources permitting. So I got myself excited for that. And now I have to fill out a survey. To, this is years <laughs> all over again. It is. I'm going to have to buy eight Mars bars to get, scramble on the switch (laughs) um but yeah so uh my experience with it real quick i've probably talked about this in passing this like breath of the wild is a game that you and i even though our experience is very we both kind of point to as like a gold standard for for jrpgs and for a lot of different things and also for those just like if you're unfamiliar with what the series is it's a uh spin-off of the shin megami tensei rpgs but it's kind of become oddly or ironically the flagship of atlas like it's become a bigger series arguably than smt at least in the u.s and it usually is a game that focuses around like an ensemble of teenagers who all can wield this power called personas which is like it's like if you confronted your id and made it into a superpower basically Um, the personas are like presented in different ways uh, in the different games. The modern persona games are three, four, and five. That's where the series, I think, kind of found its. I shouldn't say found its voice because people really love Persona Two as well. But like three, four, and five feel like they're made by the same creative team and have the same kind of flair to them. Yeah. Whereas At least in every two, conversation I've ever had about the Persona franchise, those are the three that people talk about. Right. It's kind of like Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim. Like 
those are the the Elder Scrolls games that people kind of point to, mm-hmm. not as much Daggerfall or or uh, or Arena. Yeah. So I would love to check out Persona Two one day, based on what I hear about it. But like, it's that's really hard to find, and ne- it never like Atlas is infamous for never like fully releasing something in the U.S. You know, like you get like yeah a version of it that's only on the Vita for a week, and you have to like <laughs> download an illegal copy of it. Anyway, Persona was a series that I knew about for a long time. I, I think I told the story where. I was at a friend's house and his young cousin had his PSP with him. I was looking over his shoulder and he was playing Persona 3 and I saw like a robot and a dude shooting himself in the head fighting a guy who looked like Jesus. And I was like, <laughs> what? I What is this? I was both scared and intrigued. I was like, yeah. what is this game? And I was watching him play and it looked really cool. Like everything, everything about it was so like this weird alchemy of off-putting and alluring that like I needed to know more. But at the time I didn't have a PSP and like wasn't in I mean, that was like a long time ago. Uh, that might have been like 2009 or 2010 when that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in I was in the knee deep in Mass Effect 2. I was busy. Right? Uh, <laughs> there were more important things. Yeah. So I kind of just like in the back of my head, I was like, what is this strange game that I one day will fall in love with? Uh, and then when we worked for the website, uh, everyone that's when Persona 5 Golden was like big and everyone was talking about that. Yeah. And, you know, we had a lot of friends who were like in love with it. So I was like, OK, like what? But I don't have a Vita. Uh, and then five came out and I had a PS4 and I was like, let me just do it. I I got, this has been like, this has been like a bee buzzing in my ear for like years. I need to know what the series is. Mm -hmm. So I got persona five and like just immediately fell into a deep, like scary, unnatural love for it. I beat persona five in two weeks. (laughs) That game is 80 hours. Casually. It is a very long game. I cannot yeah. put it down. I mean, a little bit more hindsight. Like I, I got a PS4 in 2016. I got a little bit later. That was uh, before then. Like I, I really just kind of revisited older games. Like I, I wasn't following what was coming out a lot. The only game that I had played that was like big and current was Undertale when it came out on my Mac. Um, mm-hmm. But I just had my my PS2, my 360, my 3DS, the the unholy trinity of moving <laughs> to Chicago. So then I, I got a PS4, and the f- initial games I got were Uncharted 4 and Last of Us and Overwatch. Um, and, like, I, I didn't play the Naughty Dog, because I knew the Naughty Dog ones were going to be a bigger deal, so I kind of put them off, especially Last of Us. Um, yeah. And obviously eventually played it, and we talked about it, but... I loved Last of Us, uh, but I mostly just played Overwatch. Like I would come home and play Overwatch and just like, you know, that was like kind of my go to unwind game. So I slowly started picking up more kind of like Steven RPG titles. I got Bloodborne, really loved it. Mm-hmm. And then Persona 5 came out and I got it. And that really, to me, marked my point of no return of like, OK, like this feels so new and so fresh and it in. Oddly enough, like since Mass Effect 2 uh, and maybe Undertale, I hadn't played an RPG that had that that a narrative driven RPG that had so much that felt so new to me, Uh, especially because it was my first game in the series. So like everything felt new, like, you know, now going back, which I later did to four and three, you can see recurring elements. But like, I think it goes without saying this is a pretty like unanimous opinion. Five is like easily the best intro to the series. Um, yeah. And I think what really landed for me was something that I always point to in games that I, that I really adore is this mechanic that it's a game about investing in people and getting to know people and, and learning about their lives and learning about a side they don't present to everyone else. Um, and you get to know everyone in that game. You get to know the cast and you get to know like just people around you and everyone has an interesting story and you getting to know them better 
has a direct effect on battle and your capabilities in the other dimension where you can summon these personas. I thought that that was just so good. Like, I really love a successful kind of double life story, like a like a Miss Marvel or a Spider Man, where like yeah, the 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 thing that persona does as well as I would say Miss Marvel and and my favorite Spider Man stories is that the the day to day slice of life stuff is given the same narrative weight as the supernatural. Uh, they are two sides of the same coin, and that's so purposely done. And I think on a more unique level, Persona 5 came out in a time when I think a lot of people felt really helpless. And it is a story about youthful rebellion and just saying no to things a lot of people accept. And like, yeah, it is hit or miss in some moments. But overall, I think it's a really successful narrative of like just that that fiery spirit of like a a new generation saying no to what everyone else has accepted. Yeah. It feels um, very apt right now to be playing yeah, this game. Like absolutely. It, they couldn't have released Royal at a better time, I think. Um, yeah. Cause I, I don't know a lot about what happens in the game. I'm kind of at, um, I'm in no man or just, yeah, I guess kind of no man's land for myself at this point where like I have now played Royal up until the point where I played the original release yeah. um, and a little bit further. Um, so I don't really know what comes next, but just based on the themes that have already been introduced in the beginning, like there's a pretty clear, I think path for it that ends in like an upending of a government or something along those lines which i'm right. very excited to do in uh <laughs> today's day and age tbh yeah. um and also like the what atlas does a lot with you know we mentioned persona 4 golden and, and persona 5 royal uh royal is five but with like a bunch of tweaks here and there and then like a ton of end game stories so yeah it's it's uh from what i hear like they've really improved a lot of the quality of life stuff and and added a lot of new story stuff that i'm excited to see i guess from your limited experience of five like have you already noticed and appreciated what's new a huge improvement huge cool. i was uh so we talked about this before it came out because you and i were texting like okay we want to talk about persona at some point royal was coming out you were unsure if you were getting it i was also unsure if i was going to get it because i had just funnily enough i had just started playing persona 5 the original release over again because yeah. i didn't realize when royal was coming out i thought it was much further out so i ended up picking it up anyway because i was like you know if i'm gonna play this game all the way through for real this time i would rather do it with whatever quality of life improvements are there than not and also just knowing there was like extra story content and stuff is like why not why not just do it this time yeah. like I, I would rather i would rather get it and do it all now than finish the original release and kind of like wish that i had done it later so I picked it up. I didn't know what the actual quality of life improvements were or what they added or anything. Like, just a question for you, because I don't know the answer. How many semesters are in the original game? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I think it, from what I remember, it begins in, like, March and then ends, yeah. like, uh, like in December or early January, okay. basically. Because yeah. they add another semester to the game. Yeah, yeah. Which means that you're increasing the narrative content by, I guess, a third then at that point. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, depending on a number of things which is uh, pretty wild um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll say this just like right up front as somebody who hadn't played this game in a long time I pretty much immediately noticed some of the new stuff as it started happening cool, um, cool. Th there's some there are some new characters that are introduced like pretty early on that you'll see and not know anything about I mean I, I just finished the first palace this morning I still don't know 
you know, really how this person, uh, one of the main people, I guess, that they're introducing fits into the overall story. But she sure is all over the place, like even in the background of scenes uh, pretty, pretty frequently, which is interesting. Like they don't even mention her, but you can like see her in the back. Very mm. strange. Um, <laughs> but uh, beyond that, the actual like quality of life stuff is just night and day because I, I was going to mention before, but like I think one of the biggest things for me about playing that little bit of Persona 5 when it first came out was that it prepped me to play Fire Emblem Three Houses in a way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like if I hadn't played the little bit of Golden or Persona 4 Golden and the original release of Persona 5 that I had played, I don't think I would have liked Three Houses as much because I don't know if I would have had the like mental framework for handling, not handling, but like for already knowing going in immediately like, okay, I'm going to be fighting at the end of every month and I'm going to be just like hanging out with my students and like doing stuff during the day. Like that, that already was kind of locked into place because of my experience with Persona. Very, yeah. very much unlike me trying to watch Twin Peaks over and over again, even though I know I will like it eventually, I keep watching episodes one, two, and three and then bouncing from it. That little bit of Persona four and five that I played, I think just prepped me to love three houses. And now yeah. that I've loved three houses, it, it, going back into Persona five is like, yes, this is great. Because Oddly one enough, of the main quality of life improvements that they added is that Morgana stops yelling at you. Sorry, Morgana is a cat <laughs> companion that you have in the game uh, who yeah. also talks. In the original release, it was like a meme. It was like a goof online that like I bought this game to hang out with my friends and like destroy bad people's lives and I just had this cat yelling at me to go to sleep all the time that doesn't happen <laughs> in this game yeah, that's only happened that's like amazing. twice in the whole first palace so far um, yeah. they pretty much immediately just allow you to do whatever you want in the evenings like from the get go. Um, and that does mean that they're throwing a lot of a lot more tutorials at you than they were in the original release, which was already overbearing and probably too much. Um, so they kind of only increase that uh, that like overwhelming sense of like you just hit me with 400 mechanics in, in a one hour <laughs> session. I don't know if any of them are important or if all of them are important or if there's yeah. a balance. But once all of that stuff locks in and once you start to figure that out, it immediately becomes something that you click with and 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 has that like almost civilization esque one more turn kind of mentality where it's yeah, like, why not just absolutely. do another day? Like, why not? Yeah. Whatever. I'll just go do laundry. Like, I have to go like clean up some laundry that I have. So I'll just go do that. Or like, why not go return this DVD that I rented uh, and go do that? Which maybe now would be a good time to talk more about like how this game plays for people who haven't played them before because yeah. um, they're like dangerous life sims in terms of just like how in the weeds you can get while yeah. also having this like fantastical like wild story which is kind of and like I, stapled to the top of it I find that they like whenever I'm doing one I'm really looking forward to the other like they complement each other so well yeah I think that uh, I'll talk more about this when we get to three after the break but I, I honestly in retrospect appreciate the tutorials there's a way they probably could have spaced it out a bit more yeah but like three and four don't tell you anything and like you could literally especially in three you could set yourself up to just like being unable to progress because you didn't do something like so i appreciate that five even though it's a little bit especially in the original game like that that game is very much a slow burn in the beginning i would say like uh if you're if you're curious about five i would give it until the end of kamashita's palace the first palace like you got to yeah that's me and that's like again 10 to 15 hours but like i I would say it gets going before then. I would say it gets going once you recruit your first few party mates. Yeah. Um, and but, and uh, to be clear, like the end of Kamashita's Palace in, in this, which is the first, sorry, just without getting too in the weeds about yeah, what is yeah. happening in this game, that is like the first, like, I would say arc. Like if you, if you look at this as like an anime or a manga or something, like yeah. that's the first arc of the game, which is 
pretty much entirely tutorial for the most part. That in this game takes maybe like five hours, I oh, would say. Awesome. Total, like cool. five to six hours, like max. Whereas in Persona 4, that is the first 14 to 15 hours of the game. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, I also will comment on earlier. The reason I was I was not sure if I was going to get this is because just like in this kind of like red alert area between Animal Crossing and FF7, I was like, I need... <laughs> I want to give Persona 5 its own time yeah. uh, or Persona 5 R and I'm also like a shout out to a very close friend of mine I'm fairly certain I'm getting it for my birthday as a gift uh, mm-hmm. so that's another reason yeah. anyway that aside how does it play there's a lot of DNA I would I would draw a direct parallel oddly enough to like Stardew Valley or even Animal Crossing in yeah. the sense that like they're in, on one half of it you are a high school student and kind of like uh, Three Houses as well Three Houses directly just took this and like honestly it worked like the alchemy of taking this calendar system and putting a fire emblem paid off wonderfully as our podcast has said many yeah. times i mean but that is going to be the future of that franchise and they really owe it to the persona series but yeah the the way the calendar system works is that every day is kind of marked in different eras so there's like the morning on your commute to school and in five like you take the subway so like you could buy magazines that might improve certain stats and if you get a seat you can read that on the way to school. I've always you get really a seat enjoyed a lot more in Persona Five Royal, oh, good, by the way, good. which is great. Good. Yes. Uh, please tell me if anything as I go through this, if anything is tweaked. Uh, yeah. And, and are I love how school works in these games. You're basically just like to really funky music, given a, a strange fun fact about something. Yeah. Usually it's tied to whatever the themes of the game are. So Persona 5's whole vibe is like folk hero, thieves, escape artists, kind of stuff like. Mm-hmm. everyone in the other world is is their attire looks like they're kind of pulling off this like grand heist and all the personas are based off some type of folk heroes either in literature or history so yeah jokers let jokers like main persona is arsene who you might see in smash brothers also just like every now and then i remember that jokers in smash brothers and <laughs> thinking about where the series began and where it is now and even where it is now it's like how is how is he fighting yoshi like this is such a weird like, i love With it a gun yeah, yeah. He, has, he has two guns and he's shooting yoshi like, in the face it is it is an out there and dark series anyway they're all like uh based off that so there's uh arsene who's like a a gentleman thief uh there are other characters who like have been wronged by society in some way and are like fighting back so all their i always love seeing like because the main character can change who their persona is which i'll get into as we talk about the mechanics but every other party member has like their persona for the whole game yeah um anyway i'll try to (laughs) It's, it's it's very dense i honestly think there's no way for them to not have heavy tutorials based on how much stuff is happening. But the day-to-day life stuff, you go to school, the teachers will kind of give you a random fun fact, and sometimes they'll like call on you to answer. And in that stuff, you have kind of social stats. It's like charm, academics, all that. And mm-hmm. that might let you get closer to certain characters or, or open different, you know, routes to. And then that stuff, like you are basically just trying to use the time in the morning, go through school. And then after school, you have the ability to like travel around Tokyo and either spend time with characters to increase your social rank with them. So, you know, if you want to hang out with Ryuji, uh, kind of like in three houses with the, with the support scenes, like as you get to know characters better, you get their own story on the side. Yeah. And that's where I think the series really shines, especially like four and five, the, the story that's happening on a, on a more personal, 
personal level with each character, I find more interesting than the A plot. Uh, or I think at least it makes the A plot, I care about what's happening more when the stakes are higher because we've had this time. Yes, exactly. Like, and that's where the characters kind of feel like real people. Like they feel like teenagers going through a lot. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that, that downtime is really wonderful. And what's cool too, is that as you like every character that has a side story, which ranges from your party members to like your legal guardian, Sojuro, who owns a cafe to other people, there's like a politician in town square that no one's listening to. That's like very Bernie Sanders esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, um, there's a lot, there's so many characters and they're all tied to a different card of the major arcana, which like I love, I love that flavor so much. Yeah. Um, and each arcana is also tied to personas in the other realm. So think of it kind of like Pokemon where like that's their type. Yeah. And if you get a a if you get like let's say like Ryuji's the chariot, for example. If I have a rank eight with Ryuji, if I make a chariot persona, it's going to get a really giant boost to experience and be a lot stronger. So on top of that, each character kind of has unique abilities they give you where like there's a girl who's like a, a young idol who also plays Go professionally that you meet. And she's the star arcana. <laughs> yeah. And she gives you an ability that lets you switch out party members in battle, which is like oh, awesome. so amazing. So I like that not only are you... Are you seeking people out because of your organic curiosity of what their story is? But it's paying off in a mechanical way in the other worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I really love being rewarded for that because like none of that is inherently necessary, but it does help so much. Um, so so that's how in in short, there's a lot more I can get into, but I, I think it'd be a little bit overwhelming. That's how the the day to day life stuff works. You usually have like you can travel free of time passing. But you have time to do like one or two actions per day. So you might be like, yeah. okay, I want to spend today hanging out with Ryuji or or I want to spend today going to the store and buying stuff and then uh, going to the gym or whatever. Yeah, uh, I, I spent a lot of days just doing the big hamburger challenge because that raises like the most stats. So like yeah. every day for a while, Joker was just eating giant hamburgers <laughs> by himself. Um, so that's the day stuff. And then at night you can choose to either, uh, make stuff at your desk that are tools you can use in the, in the cognitive realm as they call it. So like lock picks or like smoke screen bombs or yeah. things like that. Yeah. Or Sojuro can teach you how to make coffee, which yeah. I also love, uh, which like a lot of items that are like mean something to you in the real world also are real in the other realm. So like coffee is, is a item that replenishes SP, which is sort of your magic meter. And then at night, you can choose to go to this other realm. And that's where when you're there, time isn't passing, but you're basically progressing through a dungeon and, you know, you're leveling up. And and that's also where you get money, basically, from killing enemies. And it's up to you to kind of gauge like how much you want to do in one day. So like you don't want to run your characters too far where like you're out of items and you're out of you really want to manage SP in particular. And there are different safe rooms in every palace. So, uh, you know, you can save and go back to the real world. Um, yeah, just worth usually noting that like when you're in because I this did not click for me the first time I played the game and I'm glad it did the second time. But whenever you find a safe room somewhere in the dungeon, that is your cue to be like, you can leave this dungeon and then fast travel back to the safe room at any point. So you don't have to run back all the way through oh my god the yeah. dungeon or whatever like you, you can you can just fast travel back there which is really great so that means that you could like make it halfway through a dungeon and when you're in a safe room you can literally talk to your party members and say like hey how far in do you think we are and they'll be like yeah, i don't know maybe like a third it's like okay cool i have i have 14 days on the calendar to do this dungeon 
So maybe now is a good time to leave, refill the SP meter, like level up some stats, maybe return a DVD and like take out a new book and read it on the subway and then come back here um, or something like that, which is really, really great. It's also worth noting that um, unlike Fire Emblem, they're not telling you uh, how many actions you have per day. It's just kind of like assumed that like if you're doing a thing, it'll probably take up the afternoon. And then if you're at home in the evening, like it'll probably like whatever you choose to do in the evening will probably take up that evening. Uh, But sometimes you're surprised where it's like, oh, yeah, I went to the batting cages. I did it one time and then I could leave and go like work a shift at the store that I work at. Yeah. Or something like that, Um, which is another way of getting currency also is getting yeah. a part-time job. Um, so it ends up all blending together. We're like, okay, I'm going to study and fight some monsters in another dimension, go to sleep early <laughs> for the midterms uh-huh. tomorrow. Yeah. That's what's so funny is like, there's always a point in every Persona game where they're like, oh my God, we got to kill this evil demon. Also, midterms are tomorrow. Ooh, you know, <laughs> yeah. like they have to <laughs> prioritize them with equal measure. So that's basically it. I, I think what's really nice about Persona 5 is that A, the palaces are kind of like they're they're predetermined so they're actually designed to be played a certain way and and progress because usually in in three and four they were procedurally generated which also has its own charm but these are like since they're tied to a big bad i think they're all designed around that in an interesting way like the first big bad is is kamashita who's this like fucking terrible volleyball teacher who sees the high school as his own palace so like he's this king in a speedo that walks around this like weird uh really disturbing palace honestly he is so evil that i don't think any of the other villains hit the same chord for me honestly like it it, well i mean they're all they're all evil and there are a couple palaces that i think were were better uh and more interesting Mm, yeah um and there is a big bad that is introduced pretty early on that like is is also very thrilling to take out but like there's something about how kamashita is so personally tied to a lot of the ensemble that like that felt the most like i have to kick this dude's ass like so badly yeah that's actually been one of my concerns now that i'm done with kamashita's castle in this case is like it it really i think helps drive home that like dichotomy of day-to-day life plus going into people's weird distorted subconscious minds and stuff that that the first person you're up against is literally like the gym teacher at school like he yeah. just he just sucks so bad he is such a horrible person and so manipulative of everyone around him that it, it it both feels low stakes because he's a gym teacher but also like if you were to remove that gym teacher from that school everyone's lives would improve dramatically yeah um so and- like it, it it does a really great um does a really great service i think to the narrative to uh to have like to balance that like high and low stakes kind of combat uh really early on with the first person that you're taking out because i can only imagine like future ones will be like i don't know corporate dudes and like shitty politicians and stuff like that so uh, i i think i personally felt like the second palace was the weakest for me because it felt a little bit like it kind of gets into villain of the week territory where there's like a new person yeah that being said, the third palace, while it's just like another shitty person, that's where you recruit Makoto, who's I think the best uh, party member. Like she's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fourth and and sixth palace change it up in a way that I won't spoil. That I think keeps it from feeling like okay, here's another shitty dude. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm re- I'm really excited. The fourth palace I thought was like where the game like elevated itself for me plot wise. But honestly, like they're all enjoyable and I'm such a sucker for the awakening scenes. Like 
there is a moment where any new character finds out that they can wield a persona and they have this like moment where they take off their mask and get their new power and like they all rock they're all so and they get better and better honestly yeah, rules. I, I really love that and especially uh, Ryuji and An who like both get their awakening against Kamashita. like they have so many reasons to want to ruin that dude's life um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that it's so cathartic especially because like Ryuji doesn't get them uh, for a while I love his reaction he's like oh hell yeah yeah like he's yeah. like you know because it's just you and morgana for a bit who's like your guide uh this cat who like thinks it's human but you'll find out what happens anyway yeah it's it's it is great it's definitely worth it's definitely worth seeing through to the end i will say that like you mentioned earlier how every palace is kind of like a season of a show or, or a manga i would treat it like that i would honestly take breaks like as much as i enjoyed just like hellishly binging this like <laughs> i kind of wish i i took my time with it yeah um, i i don't i don't think this is like i don't think this is a situation in which like you should sit down and do an entire palace's story no. like from beginning to end because uh, i i also use that um analogy for dragon quest 11 s echoes of elusive age definitive edition for nintendo switch um uh-huh. which is a game i think in which you could sit down and do an entire like arc you could do an entire yeah. story arc in one sitting that'll take a half an hour to an hour this is like this is a four to five hour stint definitely definitely take breaks definitely take breaks. yeah and i would say too like i mean even the loading screen it even just says as joker like scratching his chin it says take your time like listen to listen to joker okay yeah um, well, that that always feels like it's mocking me because it's like <laughs> there, there's a weird dichotomy between like them telling me to take my time and then also saying like you have six days to destroy this yeah. guy from the inside. I also my my one gameplay advice, though, would be to get the palaces done as soon as possible. Like even though you have the deadline. If you get them done early, the rest of that time is just totally for you to hang out. Yeah. So like once I learned that, because I, I, I tried to, you can, you know, spacing out is fine. And what's really nice is that the off chance you don't uh, finish it in time, you get this really horrific game over of like what would have happened if you didn't do it in time. Oh, my God. Really? Uh, yeah, it's it's brutal. They, they have a version of that for each palace. I would not honestly, they're, they're too much for me to watch sometimes. I care about these characters too much. But if you do fail, you get a game over and you can you're given the option to rewind time two weeks. Mm. So like there's no scenario where you save yourself into a corner like there is in Persona 3. Oh, really? <laughs> um, OK. Yeah. Uh, so that that's a really nice feature they added. But yeah, it's it's just an incredible game. I'm really excited to. I, I will definitely uh, bring up Persona Five Royal once I pick it up and 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 speak to the improvements they've made. But yeah, it's uh, you know pace it out and and just enjoy it. And I think it's I really liked the ending a lot. Honestly, I think like I at that point I was just so attached to the characters that like it didn't even matter, you know. But like mm-hmm. yeah, I I enjoyed the ending of this game and I. I think that like having been the original, I think that like you definitely can see like this is an amazing game. I mean, this was uh, our games of the decade episode for what it's worth. This was in our top five of the decade. It was five. So yeah. like even, you know, even as in its original form, I thought it was incredible. But like there is a lot of room for improvement. And I'm glad it sounds like they've they've done that. You did say, though, that you had some grievances with it and, and not to be too negative. But I'd love to hear like what those are, if you don't mind discussing them. Oh, yeah, it's it's uh, a little bit twofold. I mean, one of the things I've already kind of touched on in depth, but that's just like they just throw too much at you in the beginning like it is yeah. both simultaneously i think too slow Ow. and too fast paced with a metal straw so <laughs> i keep talking yeah. it's fine um it's simultaneously 
too slow and too cumbersome. At, I agree. At once yeah. where like, I, th- I think they pace out that first palace in such a way where like, it just feels like it's taking forever. And like, all you want to do is destroy that guy. And they kind of don't let you like even going through the palace, which is a thing that becomes a little bit more uh, freeform later on in the first one, because they're tutorializing the whole thing. They like force you to take breaks sometimes, which like I appreciated the first time because it's kind of just teaching you that you can do that. But when it continues to happen, it starts to get frustrating. Yeah. Um, so between that and just all the tutorials, like there are entire moments where like you go to sleep and you wake up in a prison and there's like a like a strange man and and two prison guards who are screaming at you that you need to like take two of your pokemon and turn them into a new pokemon by (laughs) by guillotining their heads off and like they don't do a very good job of explaining why you should do that or why you would do that and brendan i have (laughs) i have played three four and five collectively probably over 250 hours i still don't get it i still it's just i mean i understand like so that's that's actually worth commenting on your main character can get a bunch of different personas and your persona is your stat so they learn different abilities they have different strengths and weaknesses and you can combine them to make new ones i usually just check to see what the result is going to be yeah but i have no i have no knowledge of that until i see it like you know and you can say like oh do you want to make this one or they'll be like oh that's going to be a strong one because like we said earlier if you fuse two personas and it's like of the chariot arcana and you are really good pals of ryuji that's going to get a big boost right um so i know like what i'm looking for but i don't know what i need beforehand i'm not like on the hunt to to make Make, to make Thor perfect. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm right now. My, my methodology has just been, I go through palace. Uh, I fill up my entire persona inventory with like whoever I can pick up. Just worth noting the enemies that you fight in a palace, you can, if you use, um, if you use an attack that they're weak against, they'll like fall on the ground and then you can basically interrogate slash negotiate with them um, to either get items from them they'll give you money or if you like go through a bunch of dialogue options and you like play your cards right uh, they'll join you essentially like capturing them like a Pokemon Um, so I just fill up my persona inventory and then I go back and I just fuse a bunch of them and I don't really know what I'm doing but I'm doing it anyway uh, just to like get ones that are a higher level with the most kinds of attacks um, just to kind of like spread my bases out Um, yeah so like that's that's fine and fun and good but like the way they introduce it is so it's so out of left field and it doesn't make any sense when they first do it and then when you have like eight personas later like it totally makes sense and it's fine like like, it's great you never real at least I play on normal and like you never really need like i in five you don't need to grind or like get super in the weeds with that to like progress in the game yeah you know like you don't it's not too bad i will say that uh my my other two pieces of advice that are not intuitive any move that boosts stats or or debuff stats is super worth it like Mm. there are bosses later on where like uh if you don't have the ability to boost defense like you you might be screwed um the other piece of advice i would give is like the bigger damage bigger cost spells aren't always worth it sometimes it's worth keeping a low cost spell just to knock enemies down that way you can do an all-out attack totally Um, yeah especially with someone like ryuji who there's a recurring theme of a lot of the physical damage characters having lightning as their element but like you don't need to give ryuji a giant lightning spell because his p is not his strength what am i saying but yeah that's my (laughs) two pieces of advice stat boost and keep a cheap spell or two live a little (laughs) live a little take your time yeah 
I don't know. I So that's kind of one side of it. The other side is like, although the game's heart is in the right place, like there are definitely some moments that are still problematic, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and from what I understand, they've tried to smooth over some of those in the Royal version, which I never experienced in the in the first one because I didn't make it far enough uh, in the original release. But from what I understand, like the most egregious shit, like they tried changing and only made it maybe even worse than it was. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that's not great. But also, like, there are just lines here and there that are, like, brutal. Like, I, I don't really feel uh, comfortable getting into some of them, like, on the podcast. Sure. But, like, every once in a while, there's a line that I'm like, yee, like, doing the old, like, uh, shirt yank, you know? Like, I don't, I don't know about that. But, you know, they're they're few and far between enough that, like, it's not it's not preventing me from wanting to play this game and see it through. But I, I would say those are the two main things is like I don't think it really puts its best foot forward just in terms of the amount that it's tutorializing and specifically the way it's tutorializing, because um, I, I would I would feel better about it if it was presented in a way that wasn't a five page text box that I had to read, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. But, you know, th- th- that said, like, it is all important. And once you internalize all of it, like the game is incredible. Um, I've had vi- a lot of moments over the past week of playing this game where I've just been like, oh, my God, I love this. Like over yeah. and over and over again. I just keep saying it out loud because um, my partner and I are playing it together. And we're just like both floored constantly at some of the stuff that's going on. So like from that from that angle, uh, I- I'm excited to keep going. So although I have gripes, I, I want to keep playing it and I probably will. I mean, I know Final Fantasy comes out next week, but uh, I think, you know, as long as I'm in quarantine, I'm going to be playing a lot of Animal Crossing and Persona 5. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, just just to touch on it quickly, too, like in terms of the egregious stuff, like I also won't like repeat what's happening. It's just it, it stands out so much, too, in a game like this. Like you said, the the intention of the story and of the themes explored are on the other side socially yes, of like exactly. things that are kind of off the hand set. It's at odds with itself. Yeah. Like thematically I would, I would, to, to have I would, that kind of egregious shit yeah. in there. I wonder like what's happening in the writer's room because uh, that's that's a pretty big issue in 3 and 4 as well. Again, it's never enough to like at least for, for me, it's never enough to like make me question the game's intention or make me bounce like permanently. Like there is stuff, especially, you know, like you're, you play a game that's like over 10 years old sometimes you don't have to go back that far even sadly but it it could get to the point where like i don't blame anyone for being like ah this isn't worth my time um i think in persona's case like from the people in my life who adore this series like i don't think it ever gets to the point of like broadcasting hate as its message but it's Mm -hmm. just like you want it to do better because it's so close to being like perfect yeah that like every now and then someone's like ew look at them who are different it's like ah why are you doing this um but, you know, baby steps, I guess. It's oddly enough, it's gotten better since three. So at least there's that. Yeah. <laughs> you have a um, face of disgust and I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't know if I have anything else to say about that specifically, but I, I sure I'm not letting it discourage me from continuing to play it, at least for now. Uh, yeah. And I don't blame anyone who does. But I think like I think overall, the intention of the game rings louder than that stuff personally. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. And also just the catharsis you get from taking down like obviously bad people is yeah. uh, just lovely. So I'm excited to keep playing it. And I will. Persona 5 Royal is uh, really good. It adds, uh, I didn't even mention like some of the other stuff that I noticed, but like I said, there's a new character that gets introduced like pretty early on who I don't really know the full extent of, but I'm excited to find out. Uh, apparently there are even more new characters that are added. They allow you to like go out and do stuff at night, like pretty much immediately, which is awesome. You have all of your nights free instead of Morgana yelling at you to go to sleep. Uh, when you're in battle, you can, uh, y- 
I forget I forget how it worked in the original, but I, I saw some people mentioning this and I've noticed it more, I guess, than in my first playthrough is that whenever you use guns in combat, when you leave combat, they automatically reload and have full ammo. So you can just use them every time you fight anything. Oh, now. that's amazing. It used to be that you had to leave, go back to the real world. You only had to like get ammo, bullets. right? Yeah, OK, yeah. that is yeah. what it was. Yeah, I, f- I forgot how it worked, but that's how it works now, which means that you can use the guns in every combat, which is incredible. Um, yeah, I don't know. There are just so many little things here and there that like if you're interested in this franchise, um, there's no better place to start, I think, than 5R. Yeah. And uh, period. That's it. That's that's the whole that's the whole point. Also, like if uh, honestly, like I don't even think you or I said anything on this because we've said it so many times and it's so immediately obvious. But like if nothing else, this game's design and soundtrack are like literally second to zero. Oh, my God. Like yeah, just... I, I, did, I didn't even mention this like in the, in the first bit. But like the reason I bought this game initially was because of a gift set that one of the UX designers posted on Twitter that was yeah. like, hey, this is what the menus are going to look like. And I was like, yep, pre-order yeah. <laughs> like immediately. I bought this game based on the menus because they're yeah. so gorgeous. And and that, I think, has a huge effect on how fun and fresh the turn based combat feels like one. It's it's so strategic. And so it is easy to pick up because it's basically just find their weakness, knock them down, and and go from there. Yeah. And every now and then you have to navigate around that if that's not the case. But like, if you knock everyone down, like you said earlier, you can interrogate enemies or you can do an all-out attack and then it will just cut to this like red frame where they're all kind of jumping around like silhouettes and then it cuts to one of them jumping in the foreground and they do a pose and like have a wallpaper dedicated to them. That's yeah. like always the coolest thing. That game is over 80 hours and that never gets old. Somehow, yeah. like that never, it never stops being fun that and like I think I'm just such a sucker for the way they comment in battle like you'll do a hit and they're like looking cool Joker like it's just great like it's really fun that that adds so much to the sense of camaraderie and ensemble and that is prevalent in three and four as well like that sense of like commentary and and as much as the hardware permitted back in ps2 like it has that charm uh that's like so infectious for me it's such an infectious game you get so swept up in it the characters are so lovable and fully realized and like it makes all the bad stuff stand out more but thankfully that's few and far between there's just like a few stones in the otherwise great sneaker you're like ow why did i step on this, this <laughs> i spent 400 dollars on this shoe yeah um uh, yeah. this is just for you and uh people who have played these games in the past in the past but another thing that they change about uh royal is that you get baton passes with everyone immediately hell um, yeah so you can just start doing that back and forth um that's a very in the weeds combat thing but it makes the game way more fun in combat uh, yeah. pretty much immediately. My uh, my favorite trophy for Persona 5 is doing a baton pass three times in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just like, just, they're, they're just high-fiving as the enemy is waiting to get its ass kicked. Uh, yeah. uh, that um, is a much easier achievement to get in this game than it ever has been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for context, you used to have to get your confidant relationship to the first level with that character to baton pass to them. Uh, and what a baton pass is, is it's if you get a critical hit or you use an attack that the enemy is weak to, you get to go again. Um, and rather than making that character take another turn, you can baton pass to someone else so they get that move instead. So like maybe you'll do that to the healer so they can get in a heal before you attack again or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that allows you to, if you continue using like weak and critical hits uh, on, on the enemy, that allows you to baton pass 
over and over and over and over again and pretty much never stop your turn in a turn-based combat game uh, until yeah. you win, which is the best feeling. Yeah, uh, it's it really is. Great. It is, and that that's a series staple. Like that, that system has been in place since three at least, and it's always good. It's always fun. The scary thing is the enemy can also do that. So you always have to monitor what you're weak to and, and yeah. where the persona fusing comes in is like, you might be like, okay, I want this persona with these moves, but I don't want to be weak to ice. How do I make that happen? Yeah. So it's great. It's such a good game. Uh, I, I really love it. I think this series is like pushing RPGs in a really cool direction. And I think five is like you said, five and probably five R are the place to start. And if you really like that, I would, I would honestly very much recommend playing four and three and I'm going to talk about my time with three after the break. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to play four like for real after I'm done with five R now. Um, Cause yeah. I have, I have the bug, but uh, anyway, uh, a thing that's worth mentioning before we close this out, just in terms of like how to recommend this game to people, persona five Royal is out right now. It just came out. It is $60 persona five. The original release is in the PS4, like Sony greatest hits collection now, which means that it's only 20 bucks. So like I, I personally having played a little bit of both or having played the exact same amount of both. Now I would highly recommend getting Royal if you can. Um, like if, if that, uh, monetary hit is not too much um but also persona 5 the original release was one of our games of the decade so like (laughs) yeah you can get that for 20 bucks and like is totally still worth playing so like i i would not knock you your choice in either direction but my thought process was if i get all the way to the end of the original release and i wish that i had more i would then be bummed to have to immediately play the entire thing again from the beginning for royal so that's why i went with that i would also add because i i if there's any game our show has recommended and like a lot of people have reached out being like, I had zero interest in this and I love it. It's, it's fire Emblem three houses. Yeah. Um, if you like three houses and you've played every house three times and you're hungry for more, this series is waiting for you. If you haven't checked it out, like it is very, it will, they do different things. Well, like I think fire emblem oddly enough has more creativity allowed in terms of like who your party is and who you get to know. Um, yeah. but like that, that mechanic is so fully fleshed out in this game that like it will it will satisfy the same need for you for sure yeah that that day in the life aspect of persona 5 and like how well realized tokyo is i think by themselves are are enough to to you know to sink your teeth into and then you add the entire story on top of that and it's like kind of a no-brainer to check out at least yeah Um, yeah it's incredible but yeah, we, we've already been talking for almost an hour already. So maybe Ow! We you'll never see it coming. Uh, the they changed mark? the battle theme, right? Uh, it's now it's a new song. <laughs> yeah, in, uh, in it'll Royal. switch off, which is nice. I thought that they were. Oh, I thought they completely God. ditched that original one, but um, it seems like when you're fighting elites, that song comes back, which is awesome. Um, it really it makes elite fights like more exciting whenever that comes yeah. back because it feels like you're kind of settling into you know with an old friend. It would be like Last Surprise is maybe the best song in a video game, but it would be a lot to be like, cool, listen to it for another hundred hours. Yeah, <laughs> the new one so, is really good. I was like, it is. Have you ever found? a song by a band and you're like this song is so fucking good that there's no way they have like they don't have another song at least on this level in their catalog and then you go listen to it and every song is trash and it's like they just somehow managed to eke out one hit and everything else is awful like that was my concern with this was like that song is so good that the idea of adding a second song to a playlist that only had one song in it (laughs) that was that good was like horrifying yeah but it's good it's not it's not on the level but it but it is 
good and I, I, yeah. I still love it. Uh, alternatively, I think Persona 4 is golden. Their battle theme is way better than the originals. I love the originals too, but Time mm-hmm. to Make History is great. Yeah, it's uh, really good. Awesome. Anyway, we'll talk more about other Persona games after the break. Yeah. So goodbye. long. Uh, hey, Steven, we, uh, we're going to talk about some more Persona soon, but in the break, uh, you and I just wanted to touch on something in a, what I guess is just a new segment of the show that's called something along the lines of uh, Animal Crossing check-in or something. <laughs> oh, what's a good, uh, what's a good uh, uh, subtitle for that? New Day? Yeah. Uh, Animal Crossing, live a little. How about that? Oh, yeah. Li- living a little. Living a little. Perfect. Great. Cool. It's a little um, update. A small yeah, update. Yeah, a little a little update. Living a little. Living a little. Living a little! <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of the darkness for you. Anyway, um, yeah, you and I just hit like a pretty major milestone in both of our towns in oh, yeah. uh, in Animal Crossing over the past couple of days. I just did this morning. You did a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you and I have both now, I think, completed like... The critical path. The critical path of the game, yeah, yeah, which is kind of kind of wild, um, which is great because it unlocks the ability to create paths. Terraforming. Weird, weirdly enough. New paths, new me. Yeah. Yeah, so it went... It, I, I was actually surprised at that too because basically throughout the game, there's like Tom Nook gives you objectives. And obviously, like, you don't have to do any of those, but I would recommend at the very least getting the town hall so you get new music. That's the only thing I think you should do for your own sanity, unless yeah. you really like that one song. But uh, basically, you know, you you start off paying off your house, and then you build the shop, and then you build the town hall, and then uh, the once you get the town hall, the next mission is to get your island cool enough that the legend himself, K.K. Slider, comes to perform a, a song, a concert at your island. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you do that, the credits roll. Like, it cuts... I think I think it's done that in the past, apparently. Yeah. I don't remember seeing that, but... Yeah, that, that's the thing that it's always done whenever you watch K.K. Slider perform uh, the credits roll. In this game, that's it really feels nice. different, though. It feels, it feels like you have achieved an ending in this game, which is interesting. It does. It does, because, like, the... It is now revealed to all Switch users how long we've been playing this game, which is kind of funny. And like, I would say, uh, I I pretty much focused on the island stuff more than like my own house, and I got KK Slider to show up like fifty hours in. So like, that's how long it takes, even though it's felt like a dream I had. Like it, it has just whiffed by. Steven, um, what's up? I'm at a hundred hours in this game. <laughs> Have, have your hands turned into spheres? <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have your eyes widened? Uh-huh. I dress yeah, but, much better than I ever have. But I bring that up j- not not just to horrify ourselves, but also to be like, <laughs> there's a lot of game. There's, it takes a while to get that. Um, yes. And But basically, once you do that, whenever you ask Tom Nook, what should I do? He's like, I'm sure you could find a way to have fun. And, and we talked about this last episode where... The, every time the game throws something at you, whether it's as simple as a neighbor giving you a new item of furniture or you getting a new mechanic like being able to build paths and stuff, it's planting a seed of creativity that you can just take in any direction you want. And honestly, mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad that at this point now, like it's completely up to me what I want to do. I, I, I think I'm at the point now where it will feel much more like, a, OK, I want to play for an hour every other day or something just to check in. Yeah, um, it is. It is a standard Animal Crossing game now. Yeah, because now I have everything that i need quote unquote and you know i had i really went all out like i i unlocked this kind of tile stone pat it's like very like boston it's kind of like cobblestone streets 
Um, even though my island is in New Jersey, you know, Northeast. Uh, <laughs> but I made some pads. I wanted to keep the island pretty heavily forested. And I also don't have much interest in like manipulating the landscape as much as I like making bridges and steps. Like I want it to feel like it's not like manufactured to be like a pear factory. Like I want it to look like yeah. it's lived in and kind of have like, you know, a sprinkling of houses here and there. Um, so, but that's just me. I mean, other people, someone made their island literally the map of uh link to the past which is amazing they just made it high roll yeah um, i saw one the other day that um somebody put down a bunch of like custom paths and made actual roads and the whole place is an actual for real city which yeah. was like one of the most wild things i've seen in that game so far but it's just really beautiful that the end the end goal of the game is just to inspire you to do what you want to do you know like once you've done quote unquote everything like I'm sure you could still find fun here. And like, that's kind of where the game begins in a weird way. That's where you have total agency over your island and, and you know, all the services are available to you. And, and then it just becomes more of a day in the life and less of like a, a hustle. Um, yeah, right. So, but yeah, at this point, like I've made my pads. I just invited my 10th resident coach. This, Wild. Uh, Ram with stubble. I couldn't not. If there's anyone that should live in New Jersey, it's coach. You yeah. know what I mean? He's just got very big New Jersey energy. Um, Bardo almost moved away. He was, I'm thinking about moving somewhere else. And I said, no, you should stay. Yeah. Do you uh, want to explain uh, Bardo a little bit? Oh, my God. You, yeah, tweet, you tweeted a thing him. yesterday that I think is actually maybe a, a great like kickoff for this. You said um, on Twitter, at Stephen Hilger on Twitter, said, uh, your Animal Crossing Island needs one or two nightmare villagers with bad sideburns and uncomfortably human eyes. Getting them to move out is simply denying the balance of the universe. I don't make the rules. Yeah, which I, I, I fully agree with. Put that on my tombstone. And like, if you remember me by anything, it's that. Because uh, I think, <laughs> this is a bit dark. I've been playing a lot of Persona 3. Um, I, <laughs> I, so here's the deal. You want to go to your island. You want everyone to be cute and, and fun. And I get that. I never would have guessed if you if you showed me an image of Berto, who, let's be real, is a nightmare. <laughs> this this is a bear with just under eyelashes, just three mm-hmm. kind of like almost like a Illuminati sign down eyelashes. Yeah, he looks uh, like Pagliacci the clown meets uh, somebody from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah, a giant mustache, swirly sideburns, and he wears a shirt but no pants and out of the bottom of his shirt is like a belly of hair, but where it's placed, it just looks rough. Like it looks not suitable (laughs) for work. Mm -hmm. Um, It looks like he forgot to wear pants basically. Yeah. uh, Without getting too blue. And yes, he is a blue bear. Um, But he was the first one to show up at my tent and he was like, believe it or not, I'm getting into Capoeira, but I'm too busy with my one man show. And I was like, the vibe of this island has completely changed. And like, I I have a moment where I I can choose the less interesting, more manufactured New Jersey, or I can let things really be real and invite Berto, the nightmare bear to my town. And he has become my favorite resident by far. He is so weird. He yelled at me, noob alert. He said, noob alert. We got a new resident in town. And then he said, was that convincing? I'm playing a jock in my one bear show. And I'm just like, who, what is this? So like my, my end goal has not become any bridges or, or whatever. I'm just figuring out like what, what modern uh, Soundheim esque musical is Berto secretly starring in in the background. Yeah. I love him to death. And you need that. Your island needs a little drama. If everyone is a cute dog it's not gonna feel real you know it's, it's gonna you're gonna get numb to it. it's not gonna be interesting you need someone who's like a little weird a little off it keeps things interesting it's the same thing why you know you need to get stung by bees every now and then if the game didn't have bees 
or didn't have broken tools or didn't have Bardo, you would feel nothing. Bardo's there to make you feel something. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I feel everything and nothing with yeah. Bardo. I love I love that you you tweeted this out and and you invited me to your island yesterday, so I got to meet Bardo, um, I, which was just an incredible experience. But yeah, I, I love that you tweeted that out because literally right before I had visited your island, I had just invited. Um, my own version of Bardo essentially uh, is another bear, weirdly enough, named Klaus, who is a German bear who thinks he's like a Julius Caesar, like Roman emperor. Um, yeah. He just moved in today. His entire house is a big bathroom. And as soon as I walked in to greet him for the first time, he immediately opened up the toilet lid, jumped onto the toilet and started reading a magazine. <laughs> And I was like, this is exactly the vibe I needed in this town. Like everything was feeling a little bit too okay. You know what right, I mean? Right. It's like it's like in SimCity when you're like, you know what? Everything's working too well. I need to invite Godzilla to town and just wreck a few buildings. <laughs> yes. Not quite that. It's more surreal than that. And that's the thing that is microcosmic of Animal Crossing is that it is a weird game. As cute and relaxing as it is. You have, there's an item that you and my friend Sadie have that has haunted my dreams. It's called a bamboo doll. Uh, yes. And it is a shoot of bamboo that you open and you hear a noise. It's like, ah! and, a, and a baby shoots out and it's glowing. And like that is never referenced or explained in a game where you normally get like a cap or a, a pizza oven. You can also get a bamboo doll. And like Bardo is the bamboo doll of villagers. We're like, what is this? Yeah. This changes the entire narrative and landscape of this game. Yeah. You can't say no to it. You can't not to, say no. Not to do too much of like a, a shout out, but like I have another podcast that I do called No Script at All. It's about Terrace House, which is a Japanese reality television show. Um, and for those of you who have never heard of it or whatever, uh, one of the big things about it, one of the big things that I think is so interesting about Terrace House and the reason that I watch it over all the other reality TV shows that I used to watch is that um, all of the members in the house, there, there are three boys and three girls. They're allowed to... To leave whenever they want like if they come in they're like my goal while i'm here on the show is uh just as an example somebody actually did this they were like i want to be one of the two prima ballerinas who gets selected in japan this year like i want to be one of the two prima ballerinas in the entire country um and if they achieve that goal they can be like cool i did the thing i'm gonna leave um and when a member in the house leaves they're replaced with a new member uh they just always have somebody else waiting in the wings to join the show so you start off with these six people and then eventually they'll all cycle out until you kind of have an entire new show at a certain point with new with six new people but it'll happen slowly over the course of like you know 20 to 30 episodes that'll happen um but literally every time a member leaves the house and a new person comes in the entire dynamic of the house changes and the yeah. entire dynamic of the show changes and that is literally the equivalent in animal crossing of inviting a bardo or a klaus <laughs> to your town is the, is the yeah. terrace house a new person has come in and they're bringing a startling and strange energy yeah. that you're not used to gene hackman with no pants just yelled at my face new in yeah. a tent and i'm like <laughs> Joy in New Jersey, man. You got to move in. Yeah. The next um, time I saw Klaus, by the way, uh, was we just took we, we took an actual break uh, while recording this. And I, I signed on to Animal Crossing for about eight seconds. And I saw Klaus asleep holding a fishing rod in a pond. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, one, one last Bardo moment, too, that you saw when you sent me a screenshot. He said, oh, nice to meet you. Uh, I know you're friends with Steven. Don't worry. There's plenty of Bardo to go around. But he was crying. <laughs> he was and you're crying. like, why is he crying? 
That this is supposed to be a, supposed to be a happy moment, but it seems like he's cursed. That's funny. Yeah, I should have. Here's the deal. I'm I'm open to letting Berto move on. Like I'm open to to any of the villagers moving, but it's too soon. Like we just got this island together. Can you, you just scratch the surface of Berto? Huh? You've just scratched the surface of Berdo. Yeah, like the. Can you imagine moving to a <laughs> desert island and the day after a clothing store opens up, going, "Now nah, I'm good. I'm gonna move off this place." <laughs> now that it has running water and and essential life services, I'm gonna move. Now that I'm compelled to buy pants. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> it. Especially for Berdo, he's good on fashion, I guess. Yeah. How funny um, would it be if you went to go talk to Tom Nook? It's like, well, we got KK Slider to show up to the town. What am I supposed to do next? He's like, I don't know. I think you got to figure. <laughs> that Beardo guy. <laughs> I know Isabel's here to discuss residential problems, but like, as someone who has equal stake in this island, you gotta you gotta work out what he's doing. I need you to be my eyes and ears on the ground because he's clearly a British spy from the 1960s. <laughs> I caught him under a street lamp chewing on on autographed headshots of himself. What is up with him? <laughs> he was weeping while he was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> He put rotten, he put rotten, cheap uh, turnips in my mailbox. <laughs> he said it was an important dispatch. <laughs> I, gave, I gave him a fish and he gave me 5,000 bells. This is a warning sign. Um, but I love him. Yeah. That, you just need, you need, you need some drama. Invite so that's my advice. I know you give advice on your other show at the end, which I love listening to. My advice is... My recommendation, rather, not advice, recommendation. My recommendation is is invite the worst of, of what Animal Crossing has to offer to your island. Just try yes. it out. Because they can always move out, and you could always... I, I get sad whenever I see the screenshots of people surrounding a house with tarantulas, <laughs> which is <laughs> apparently like a metagame way to get them to move out. But let, let, give them a chance. You don't know who you're going to love until they've moved in. Truly. Like yeah. you don't get you don't get uh, the best impression on a mystery island or the or the tent. Who is at their best in a tent or a mystery island? Give them a chance. Yeah. If you sent me to a literally deserted island with just a campfire, I am not going to be my best self there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the update in New Jersey. Uh, we just built a red steel staircase. I uh, invited Coach to move in. This like another jock, but I I love the jock energy. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a uh, snooty the uh. Sn- Literally, Snooty Anteater moved in. She's lovely. She calls Big everyone. fan of Snooty. Yeah. Yeah. Snooty's great. I have a lot of like classic characters that have been around since the first game, which is cool. Um, yeah. You have Lily, who is great. Lily. Lily's awesome. Uh, there there are a few that I would never want to leave, but like, I imagine this is a game I'll be playing for a long time. So um, I'd love to, to, and this is, I think, our, our goal over time, especially with our bonus in April, is to like talk about the, the narrative and history of this island. Like, it, it changes, like you said, with Terrace House, like it changes so much. Like, who comes and who leaves and and uh it's just it's just such a good game but yeah let 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 everyone in no don't uh don't be too picky with who you let in yeah um if someone's boring fine but if someone's off-putting invite them yeah uh, that that would be my that would absolutely be my i have one villager who won't be named because i don't want to i don't want to yuck anyone's yum but i have one villager who is like actively boring and is now starting fights with other villagers which <laughs> that i won't stand for you know what i mean yeah there's been some drama like i saw billy the goat jock who was one of my first who's one of the two that that started the island he was walking around in a huff and he said that lily character doesn't get it uh i saw yeah. lily she was literally like joyously reading a book under a tree i'm like what's going on here <laughs> yeah uh, then i saw them talking amongst themselves and lily gave billy a gift 
And they were both happy. And Lily was like, Billy ate all my home cooking, the best gift I could have received. So I was like, I missed an uh, arc of this story, yeah. <laughs> but I loved, I love seeing what's happening. So yeah. I also just, I think like something, I don't know if we talked about last time, but seeing the villagers like racing each other and lifting weights and like visiting the shops and museums. Singing like, together, uh, singing in together. front of the town hall, oh. watering your flowers for you, things like that. I will throw a bit of shade. Literally, Nightshade, the the quote of Muffy, uh, the goth sheep who lives on my island, Mm -hmm. will not stop singing. I was building a path which takes a while, and she's like, yeah, well, ah!" (laughs) it's like in the, I'm like, I literally had to push her off screen to stop hearing this awful song <laughs> as I'm making, a, I'm, I'm delicately making a cobblestone street. She's like, yeah, what? Oh, like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Muffy. Anyway, it's a, it's a good time. We're having fun here in yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about Animal Crossing during our April bonus episode, um, which I'm very excited to talk about because um, those of you who are playing Animal Crossing right now may have noticed neither of us have brought up Bunny Day at all. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been done done enough. I commend them for trying something. It's it's You said earlier, uh, before the game came out, you're like, I'm waiting for the one thing that's fucked up about this game. Uh, the one thing they just completely mess up. Thankfully, it's none of the concrete mechanics, but it sure is Bunny Day. <laughs> the ga- hey, can you imagine? We're we're lucky that we started this game a week ago. Can you imagine starting off trying to find? I, mean, I think someone tweeted this. Like, trying to find all the resources, and half of them are eggs. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't even care. I'm spi- What What's great is that even though I'm spiting it and not making anything, uh, I do feel bad because the bunny literally does sigh when you leave the screen. Like you see. Him go like, yeah he does he knows no one's into egg day bunny day yeah uh, there there have been actual well maybe we, we should get into this during the bonus but what i'll say is like an exit interview for bunny day before before we talk about it more at, at another later date is that uh there have been actual dialogue lines that i've read in this game where other villagers and even zipper himself the bunny have like denounced bunny day and i'm starting <laughs> to wonder if the developers knew that it would be horrible and used it as a way to get people talking about Animal Crossing even more, you know, a week or two out from its release. Like, or maybe they're like, the the bandwidth can't support this many people playing. We need to, like, suggest <laughs> Do something so break. horrible yeah. <laughs> that it'll stop people from playing. Let's replace the wood with eggs and see what happens. It just feels so much to me like a uh, there's no such thing as bad press scenario where, like, Everyone hates this game so much that they're tweeting out more ads for this game. Yeah. You know, like it, it's it's a really I have tweeted so much about how much I dislike Bunny Day that all I've done is give Nintendo and Animal Crossing free promotion. But I mean, that's we want to do that. We love the game. It's just this strange yeah. holiday. No, I just wonder has... if this was intentional, I guess, oh, you know, just to keep yeah. the whole conspiracy going. I guess I would be into it if it was like just the balloons, like if it was like collect eggs from the balloons or if they're hidden or something. But like you get so many eggs. And, and honestly, like I, I'm not into I don't want to make like a weird clown outfit for like this like, I don't no, even know I don't, I don't know it is a swing and a miss sorry zipper uh sorry tom i wonder if if they will like if this is just the staple dna of what the events will be like but, yeah like, replace... earth day's coming up that's gonna be the next event yeah, i'm very yeah, interested to, find, to see what uh, that's gonna end up being yeah i mean earth day feels like how you already play the game anyway it's like pick up weeds and recycle yeah. um but i i imagine they'll get better i think like I think it was a fun idea, but I think the the like algorithm of of replacing like a third of the resources with eggs is a little bit weird. <laughs> I have almost completely stopped fishing. Like I o- I only fish if I see 
see small or large fish now. I do yeah. not fish for medium-sized fish anymore. Uh, Thank God bugs yeah. are still bugs. You can't just catch a grasshopper and it's like, oops, it's secretly eight eggs in a grasshopper yeah, soup. <laughs> it just like <laughs> turns into dust in your hand and into an egg. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I, I, I commend Zipper for trying. Also, like, I'm sure this joke has been made a million times, but Zipper, like, for real, looks like a Five Nights at Freddy's, like, animatronic. Yeah. Also very particular about not letting you see the actual zipper on his back. It really, I, I'm hoping that the end of this event is the reveal of who's in the zipper costume. Yeah. He, he's like, it's not, it, it threw me off that I saw him blink and he's like, it's not a suit. Quit asking me. Yeah. It's like, oh, what is, what dark, is he an egg? Is he going to hatch? On egg? <laughs> he's a, he's a thousand sentient eggs in a bunny suit. <laughs> <laughs> Animal Crossing scramble. You just a bunch of eggs. <laughs> That's right. what you wanted, right? Anyway. Should yeah. we move on? Uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm loving the game. And I think like, I'm just happy that the, the critical path ending doesn't end my interest in the game if anything it's only heightened and that feels purposeful yeah you know it feels like they're in a weird way they're almost tutorializing like what you can do and they're like well now it's just up to you like whatever you want the critical path to be whether it's making services on the island whether it's increasing the star rating right now new jersey has three stars mm-hmm. i love hearing isabel quote the reviews of the other people yeah it's great it, and there's always people visiting I, I bought my turnips today we'll see what happens it's just a fun it's just a really great ritual that like you mentioned this in and I think in the games of the decade episode about New Leaf, but like it does instill good habits in my life too. Like I like, okay, I'm gonna play an hour in the morning, go for a jog, do all this. Like it's a good, especially right now when, when a lot of us have more time than usual. Yeah. It's nice to have that, that sense of routine uh, that like isn't just an escape, but also can like reflect your own life and, and, and give you those. I mean, it doesn't like inspire you to do chores, but I think just like, the scheduling out a day, I don't know. It, it somehow has a positive effect for me. Yeah, not uh, not to keep quoting tweets during this segment, but um, I, I saw another tweet uh, over, the, I guess, the past couple of days uh, from somebody who goes by the fantastic Ian on Twitter. But they said, waking up and excitedly checking what's new in Animal Crossing has actually kept me on a daily schedule during quarantine. Yeah, that's, Absolutely that cannot be said me. better. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I was trying to say, and, and they succeeded. Yeah, um, literally every morning I wake up and I'm like excited to get out of bed and, and see what's new in Animal Crossing. And that is yeah. the reason that I'm like on time for my first meeting at work now <laughs> every yeah. day. And like being able to visit other people's islands and like be on the phone or a video call with them while we do that is just so much fun. It's just so. It yeah, the community element of this game has only increased since the last time we talked about it last week. Yeah. And like, I, I, I do think that this would have been as popular if it wasn't for the current situation, but I think that like it has severely and immensely helped in this really awful time. Yeah. Um, so Absolutely. I think it's, a, it's a testament to the power of video games being both a yes, an escape, but also something that can like positively impact your life and connect you with people. Yeah. Um, I went back and listened to, um, the besties episode uh, for those of you who haven't heard of it. Besties is a show that used to be on Polygon, a, a podcast, um, by two of the McElroys, the editor-in-chief of Polygon and and one of the managing editors. But anyway, um, 
it's not a Polygon show anymore, which is interesting. But uh, if I know that we are talking about a, a game that they're also talking about, I will like refuse to listen to it for a long time. Um, but I, <laughs> yeah. I finally gave in and listened to their Animal Crossing episode. And they said something kind of in jest that... Uh, they then like doubled down on uh, and and meant very seriously by the end of the conversation, which I think might be true that Animal Crossing New Horizons is maybe one of the most important games of all time. Like if you're just to look at the medium in terms of like what the game is and when it came out and like the whole like everything that is surrounding it, like New Horizons might actually be a thing that we look back on in 10 years and say like that changed everything about video games. Yeah, Um, because it's because it is what it is, because it is the best Animal Crossing game of all time which i i think i can pretty much say definitively at this point same um and i've played a hundred hours already i mean i can't even i can't imagine something else (laughs) bad is gonna happen um between that and it coming out at at the time that it did i feel like if this doesn't influence a lot of other games in the future like it it feels like a a minecraft level of influence that it could have uh in the future which is weird because we're saying this about the what fifth game in the franchise at this point but like this has been such a huge hit that I think any game trying to like ape anything from it, the way that, for example, Three Houses took a bunch of stuff from Persona, like if other games were taking things from Animal Crossing and trying to apply them to their own formulas, I think that that would um, that would make video games better. <laughs> yeah, no, this is absolutely a landmark. Uh, this is like what we always hope for from Switch releases in 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 line of Three Houses, Breath of the Wild, where it's like just the next thing. And I think too, like more objectively just like a historic moment in games like you said uh, the amount of people playing this is is unparalleled like this is outsold pokemon which is insane that's usually yeah. like the the unmatched uh you know i mean mario and zelda do well too but pokemon is the top selling nintendo franchise by far yeah uh, and this is sold like a pretty significant amount more and i think a lot of people are checking it out because of the situation but also a lot of people have just been curious about this franchise for a while it's been a slow burn of marketing of like putting villager and isabel and smash putting them in in mario kart uh and and this has always been a cult hit and now it is a mainstream hit yeah. In a good way. Totally. Uh, not in like, a, uh, so mainstream. But like, no, like this is now the light has reached everyone and now everyone's an Animal Crossing fan. And yeah. The slow the build of place. Animal Crossing to like a mainline Nintendo IP that is like maybe the flagship uh, has, has been just wild and very... I don't know. It just makes it brings me a lot of joy to know that yeah. all, that this is bringing a lot of new people a lot of joy. I felt the same way with Three Houses too, because I mean, like, I was a Fire Emblem fan before that, but like that was even more of a dramatic transformation for me. Where like I, <laughs> I don't think I like the rest of the series nearly on the same level mm-hmm. as much anymore. Whereas like Animal Crossing, this has felt like the the fully realized version of what they've always wanted to do. Yeah. Um, Plus new things. So, yeah, it's uh, uh, from Bairdo and back. I'm having a great time. Yep. Great. Live a little. Live a little. That's our new segment. Uh, yeah. Expect more, I guess. We'll yeah. See. I imagine we'll probably talk about it again. Okay. Uh, what, what was what was the living a little? Living a little. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I won't commit to that. We'll we'll workshop the song. Okay. Uh, sorry, AJ. AJ will find some weird like sitcom music to put to that, I think. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you, AJ. All right. Wow, that was the break? I need another one. That was that was one hell of a break. All right. One hell of a break. See you soon. Uh Oh, just real quick. I have a lion villager named Elvis whose catchphrase is literally uh which is great. Awesome. Uh, and he dresses like a king. The king lives. Goodbye. What an episode. Uh we got some more stuff, Brendan. Uh
<laughs> it just sounded like a, a bored teacher. Hey, you're going to love this next period of history. It's the election of 1912. That's right. <laughs> the bull mooses are back. Uh, historically, uh, William Howard Taft was the Republican uh, sit-in candidate. He had been president for one term, uh, invented the income tax, uh, which was exciting for a lot of people, uh, and then uh, was kind of basically put in power. After TR's uh, 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 time as president, he kind of trusted Taft would see through his vision. Taft, of course, deviated to a more uh, uh, corporatism-aligned uh, uh, political style that we most associate with Republicans today, uh, causing TR to make a third-party political system, the Bull Moose Party, which he ran as an independent. Meanwhile, the uh, Democrats, you have Woodrow Wilson, uh, who's literally a giant piece of shit, and, ran, and won uh, leading to World War One. <clears throat> thank you, thank you. That didn't lead to World War One, but he was president during it. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. Um, <laughs> if you want to find more, we're available on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> you hated that. I'm sorry. If you want more of Stephen, he's on Twitter. If you want to talk about the election of 1912, I'm all I'm all about it. Not yeah, really. I, I, I don't, don't even know, know what to s- do. I didn't know how to yes and that literally at all. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I was throwing you curveballs of air, basically. Yeah, you you're really scratching your head. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we talk about Persona Three? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even cut that out. I don't know. Was that even good? I think we got to keep it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Persona Three. I also threw myself off. I was such in the rhythm of, of us. Like the first part of this episode was pretty like down to business. We like just discussed Persona Five. Uh, we had a little fun in the break, and now we're all goofy. Uh, now we're all uh, uh, 1912s out. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, Persona Three. I have been playing it. I have talked about Persona Three and Four. Like we like we talked about uh, earlier in the episode. Three, Four, and Five are the the like modern Persona games. You see them kind of lumped together a lot, like visually. Uh, we talked about Persona Q two a long time ago, um, which was a spinoff that like had the cast of Three, Four, and Five all together. Mm-hmm. Um, Three, Four, and Five also all have their own spinoff dancing games, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, I have not played them, but the soundtracks of those is—I mean, the soundtracks are already amazing, but a lot of those remixes are really cool. It's just funny too because those games are like—they go out of their way to be like, "This is canon." Just so you know, this is a canon game. All right, right. I get it, I get it. But basically, I say all that because Persona Three came out originally in like 2006, and despite it being an older entry, it has been kept alive by Atlas, uh, which which leads me to some questions and to some the secret conspiracies that I'll get into later. Great. Um, but my time with Persona Three has been interesting because, like I said earlier in the episode, uh, with Persona Five, I just like like unholy consumed it, just like kind of like Three Houses, just like in in a week or two, it was just done. I, I did it, and this is before Into the Aether, so I I was like a prisoner of my own excitement. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. I had no medium to to. I just sort of talked to people about it who didn't play. I'm like, okay, I don't get it. I'm like, yeah, I guess not. Um. <laughs> So I was hungry for more. I, I a few months later, because uh, uh, Persona Five came out in 2017, like in springtime, and then like I want to say maybe a year later, I really missed it and wanted to go back, and I started New Game Plus, and I got like around where you got like the Kamoshida, and I was like, you know, I'm enjoying revisiting this, but if I if I'm this invested in the franchise, I owe it to myself to check out the earlier games. Yeah, I've heard so much buzz about four and and about three that i want to check them out so i got out my ps2 
Also, a recommendation. If you're going to have any older console just like on the ready in your living room plugged in, have a PS2. Like, yeah, I highly totally agree. It. That library, I still pick up games for it, and it, it feels oddly fresh even still. Like, yes, there's some archaic stuff to get over, but like it, it is an incredible system with like, and the backwards compatibility with PS1 as well. Like, you'll you'll be grateful to have that on the ready. Um, in a way that like you might not with a, a Wii or something yeah. <laughs> like there are some systems that are more recent that I wouldn't have hooked up on the ready, but PS2 just like have it normalized in your repertoire. It's so good. Um, got persona four and did you persona- find it online? Did you like find a copy somewhere on the internet? And just yeah, order it? I, I ordered it, uh, online. Um, I ordered four now I, uh, four golden was kind of like, uh, persona five Royal where four golden came out in like, I want to say 2012 between 2010 and 2012. That sounds about right. Uh, it was, uh, and two, and the original game came out 2008. So a few years later, they released golden only on the Vita. And that was like the updated version of four where they added new music and new characters. And, and that's considered like the definitive version of it. But I got the original one. I got vanilla persona four on yeah. PS2. Uh, and I also picked up persona three, Fez, uh, short for festival, apparently, mm. which is the royal version of three. Oh, okay. Um, three has it as an interesting. Is that release. also on PS2? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's on. P- it came like a year later. It was weird. It was like they released Persona Three, and they're like, no, 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 we get it right this time, and they released a new one. Yeah. Um. So Persona Three's release history has been interesting because the original game came out 2006, and then they released Fez a year later. It had, uh, you know, same kind of thing, new additions, uh, they, they fixed some things, and they also, on the same disc, there is a follow-up campaign, uh, the main campaign is called The Journey, and the follow-up campaign is called The Answer, where you play as Igis, who is the uh, young robot girl, uh, she's the main character in that follow-up campaign, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like filling in some narrative gaps from the first game, and it's sort of like a loose sequel. I've heard good things about the story, the gameplay apparently, it doesn't have the daily life stuff, it's like just a big dungeon basically, oh, so okay. I've heard it's like a little bit tough to get through but i think by the time i'm done with three i might check it out just for fun i might as well and then uh around i guess maybe 2010 uh late late 2000s early 2010 they released persona 3 again on the psp in that version uh you could also play as the female protagonist and she had like s links with more characters um and they also uh in the earlier entries of three your party mates are AI controlled, which I'll talk about. In the PSP version, you could control your whole party, but there weren't cutscenes. It was all kind of visual novel e dialogue, yeah. except for when you were in the main dungeon. So, like, interesting. There is a void of like the definitive edition for Nintendo Switch of Persona Three that's like just waiting, especially to be on Switch. Like, I would love for there to be a Persona Three that's like just fez with the additions from the psp version totally like that that would be amazing and the fact that they're they made the dancing game and they've like done spin-offs that have kept the sort of like hype for three alive i'm really curious if they will i don't expect it but i would love to see it happen it feels Um, this is a thing that i i I just keep thinking is like it feels so correct and it feels so (laughs) much like something that should already exist it makes so much sense that it can't happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as much as I want it, I don't want to get my hopes up because I also want Persona 4 Golden on Switch. Like, yeah. I think that is such a no brainer port. Um, and because it's in already Smash- a handheld console yeah. game. Uh, yeah. What were you going to say? 
I was gonna say in Smash Brothers, you know, Joker's added, but on the Persona stage, the background changes from red to yellow to blue for three and, and four. Depending, yeah. yeah, for three and four, and it plays the battle themes from those games. So like all three games are in Smash, which is like it's it's it usually is a broadcast of like this is coming to Switch, but like like you said, it's so correct that it will probably never happen. We'll probably get Persona Three Scramble DLC, yeah, or something. Well, That's what's wild released. is like now we're not even getting Persona Five Scramble, maybe even. <laughs> so like, yeah. why is Joker in Smash? <laughs> it makes even less sense now. But anyway, yeah, yeah I I have um I I didn't mention this. I have a I bought a Vita to play Persona Four Golden, and I have Persona Three portable also which, oh, I, ha- which I haven't played yet um, cool so like these th- these games are all available to me and i can play good. them at any time which i'm excited about good yeah because i i think i'll probably hold off on talking about four too much because i'd love to do maybe an episode about golden or four yeah to get back into that'd be it. great yeah um but basically what happened to me what happened it feels like it happened to me it wasn't a choice <laughs> i played five loved it tried to play it again but i was like i'm gonna get four and three Started four and like immediately loved it. And I think I would highly recommend playing five first because four to its credit gives you significantly more downtime. You have way more downtime in four, but you may not know how to use it if you haven't been told how to play the game, which mm-hmm. they don't tell you. So right. like, well, five is throwing way too much at you. Four is just like, I don't know, do it. And you're like, but <laughs> what do I, what do I do? Um, but yeah, four is in short, like I said, I won't talk about too much before, I really, really love the characters. I think I think that's not a hot take. That game has had its own plethora of spin-offs because of how likable the cast is. And like I think that even though you can immediately see how much five improved, I mean there's a pretty sizable year difference between five and four, and even four golden. Four still does things unique to it better than five does. I think like once you know, like you said, like playing three houses and a little bit of five, like prepped you or rather playing a little bit of four and five prepped you to like three houses because you kind of had that like core framework to build on top of. Yeah, I think playing five first will will let you really appreciate what four does well, which is like the downtime and the kind of day in the life parts of it. Yeah, um, it's much more lighthearted, uh, hence the yellow color palette and just like feels much more like. Four and five feel a lot more like YA adjacent in terms of like what's covered. Like YA tends to be a lot more on the edge than I think a lot of people assume. Like it tackles a lot of heavy things. I think yeah. five is pushing that to probably the farthest it can go. Uh, but four is like right in the middle of it, I think. Like four feels yeah. like the most accessible in terms of what they're exploring. Yeah, the um, conceit of, of five is that you're you're jumping into people's like distorted consciousness, I guess, uh, because their desires are so fucking warped that they become bad people. Uh, and you're like going into physical manifestations of that place. In uh, four, you and your friends go to a Walmart and jump into TVs like it's yeah. like they're Super Mario 64 levels. Yeah, and you also, uh, rather than having the villains be the kind of tent poles of the story, it's the party. So each party member is like kind of stuck in a TV world where they are right. represented as like a repressed, deranged part of themselves. It's kind of similar that way, but like you're rescuing your friends and and teaching them to, like I said before, accept their id, but like realize that like that's part of them. Mm-hmm. And the conscious part of their mind is also equally valid and then they find strength in that. It's like in um, Celeste where she has like the evil part of herself kind of haunt her. Yeah. And then, then they eventually learn to accept each other. Like that's kind of what's happening here. Um, and that's 
really effective in the sense that like you really feel like you know how these characters work. A lot of them also feel more like real people, despite how fantastic it is. Like in the lower key moments, like I mean, these are conversations I had with friends growing up before. You know, yeah. there's a lot of like that game is all about identity and and it explores that thoroughly. But enough about four. Uh, we'll save that for another time. I I do love four. I love four so much that I beat it in a week. Same kind of ravenous pre into the Aether timeline, and then I got three. And I think I just burned myself out because I, I I've mentioned on the show that I that I wasn't as into three, and if you told me to rank in order which ones I like the most overall i would say five four and three you know five being the the top Mm -hmm. but they it's less of like a series that just gets better and and i think that overall five is like far and away the most accessible the most streamlined but once you know how a persona game works they each do something unique to them that's very very cool uh, and and they each had their own strengths. And by the end, I think whether or not five is your favorite is completely subjective. Because I, I went into three right out of four, and and I, I haven't touched it in two years. And I I just started my file again because I've I've wanted to finish it. I was like, I owe it to the game to see it through. I didn't realize I already put fifty hours into it. So like, there oh my was god, a, there was a haze where I just beat four. Got to three and I was like, I just need to take a break. Um, yeah. But returning to three and maybe just because I haven't played a Persona game in a long time and I'm just like getting pumped for 5R. I love three. I really, really like three. Um, I can see why it's a lot of people's favorites, uh, especially because this, even though five was like this sort of New Horizons, big mainstream success, three was the game that made this like a cult hit yeah. in, in the West, at least. This is the game that invented the calendar system. Uh, which I imagine existed in a form before this, but like Three Houses, Persona, even like Stardew Valley, all owe their DNA to Persona 3's calendar system. Yeah, um, it pretty much works the same way, and that was like a brand new mechanic for the series when Three came out. Three is about a group of students uh, who. So the way it works in the way the personas work in this game, if you don't mind me going a little bit into the story, uh, five is uh, you get an app that takes you to the cognitive realm and everyone's like a thief and you're trying to steal the uh, source of villains' dark desires. Four, they jump into TVs in a Walmart, like you said. In three, there's this thing called the dark hour um, where between midnight and a new day, like in this kind of middle phase of when a day ends and begins, uh, the dark hour happens. Most people are not aware of it. Most people become coffins and they're unconscious during this. But a handful of people are conscious during it. And that's when shadows come out and things are distorted and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then a handful of people are persona users where during the dark hour, they can use their personas to fight shadows. So the game begins where you're like new to town. It's, It's set in this fictional kind of coastal city in Japan. Really, really cool. And, and I mentioned that, uh, four is very much YA and five is right on the edge. This is significantly darker. This is like the darkest persona gets in the modern trilogy. Yeah. Uh, I know two and one are probably even darker than three, but like three begins where you're, you're walking down the street to like really kind of a tonal, strange music and it's during the dark hour but you're the protagonist isn't aware of that yet it's just like oh this is weird it's weird that all the clouds are green and there are ghosts (laughs) outside and one of the characters has a gun to her head and she's like shaking and like debating pulling the trigger which you later learn is how they sound personas in this game which kind of adds to the 
darker imagery, you have these things called evokers, where it looks like they're shooting themselves in the head, but that's how they summon personas. It's it sounds very off-putting, and and it can be, and I imagine that like that might be a detail that that really pushes a lot of people from playing this game. Totally understand that, but I think it's so intentional with with what this game's atmosphere is and what the themes are that like it, it oddly works for me. Mm. Um, and I think that the thing where that this game shines, I think above four and five is like it is so focused. Like it's not, it doesn't mean that it's effective in every scene. But the the theme of death and the theme of the passing of time and how they explore that is is evident in every aspect of the game to the point where when you load a new environment, it's hard. It's easy to miss, but it's literally an eye opening and closing every time you like open a new area. Cool. So the game is very interested in the idea of like how how does one consciously process how time passes? Um, The theme of death is not solely explored in the idea of dying but also in the idea of of death and tarot where that card represents change um the end of something not necessarily someone dying of course that happens a lot too but uh it's more about letting go of something and something new beginning and and the the dynamic shift between the like because it still has all the like happy go lucky I'm a dumb teenager stuff in high school yeah coupled with the shooting yourself in the head to summon <laughs> a demon to fight other demons so right. like the the levity that the daily life provides is so much like it's really like, important in that one it's yeah, really important I don't think it's as well done as uh as four and five is. It was also a new system, but like I, I'm just grateful for those times more. And like any time the characters in this game have a moment where they can just be kids is like so precious. Yeah. Um. On, yeah. on that point of of the uh, the downtime being more important because the I guess the would you can cons- I guess it would be the a plot. The a plot of the game is so dark that like you need the b yeah. plot to provide a lot of levity. One of the things that apparently is different about Persona Five Royal versus the original is that you have a therapist at school who becomes a confidant oh um, cool which you can i think go to and also send other party members to to like go hash out all the issues that have been happening because like the game is so fucking dark and like the things that's how you beat the game i think it's just like send everyone just everyone go to therapy yeah Yeah. seriously um which is which is i think really interesting and even in that even even in that realm Playing through the first palace, um, I, I did it. I, I finished the first palace with like I think six or seven days to go until the end of that time limit. Um, and playing with my partner, she was like, "I really like that in these six days since defeating the palace, it hasn't been like, yeah, we did it. This is great. Wow, great." Um, but instead, it's everyone in your party texting you like, "Do you think it worked? Like, are we going to be okay? Like, yeah, this is this is fucked. Like, what are the police going to come? Like, what's happening to this guy? Like, did we kill him? Like, what's going on? You know?" And it's just like six days of worrying, which kind of like grounds you a little bit more uh, and, and endears you to the plot, I think, in a way that it wouldn't have if they just like patted you on the back and gave you a reward and said, good job on to the next villain of the week. Absolutely. I completely agree. And, and you know, I think with with three, the the ensemble is a little bit, you know, in five, they eventually formed the Phantom Thieves. Uh, which is like the name for the ensemble. Yeah. Uh, and four, it's like a very much Scooby-Doo kind of mystery squad. They have a name too. I forgot it. Um, but like, uh, you know, they're, they're solving murder mysteries by jumping into TVs. And then three, uh, it's a group called C's S E E S. It's, it's one of those acronyms. You could tell they thought of the acronym first and then defined what it is. It's like yeah. student executional extracurricular squad or something. <laughs> but 
It's a group of students led by Mitsuru, uh, who is voiced by the same voice actor as Edelgard. Um, extremely oh, wow. similar personality, actually, which is full circle. It's really, she kills it. Incredible voice actor. Tara Platt, I believe her name is. Just so good. And also, I think one of the standout characters. I, I don't, overall, like, I like the cast. I don't love them as much as 4 and 5. It's also hard to compare, because I think, like, 4 and 5 have one of the strongest casts, like, in an RPG, honestly. Yeah. But 3 has some great characters. I really loved Mitsuru. Uh, I really liked the robot as well. Uh, this is the dog who, like, is a dog and doesn't talk, who's great. Um, and their persona is Cerberus, which is awesome. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, the personas in, in 3 are all based on Greek mythology, which I love. But how it works is, like, you find out while wandering that you're in the dark hour, that you're one of the few people conscious and... Yukari and Mitsuru notice you and they're like, hey, uh, don't be outside. Um, so you go into the dorm and uh, basically over time you learn that you too can use a persona and you join C's and slowly acquire more members. So it's kind of like a dedicated group of X-Men uh, where like every night um, during the dark hour, the high school becomes this building called Tartarus. Uh, so rather than there being like uh, in four and five, there are like different dungeons every so often. And three, it's just one big dungeon that you slowly scale over time, which honestly, like I thought wouldn't work for me as well as it does. I, I kind of like the focus of it where like it is, it almost has a roguelike vibe to it where like every floor is randomly generated and has different enemies. So like you really have to prepare for the worst because like there is a reality where you just go to a new floor, bump into an enemy, they have the element you're weak against and you're all one-shotted. So like you really have to, <laughs> to prepare, uh, you know, like, okay, what are my weaknesses? What, uh, what equipment do I have? It has much more focus on the sort of dungeon crawl uh, aspects of the game um, as well as there are three types of weapon damage which I actually like it kind of harkens back to D&D where there's like slashing weapons piercing weapons and and like you know bludgeoning or like boxing gloves and stuff yeah um, and the combat oddly enough talking about levity and darkness the combat is also where things oddly feel brighter at least like scaling Tartarus like it's a very gloomy atmosphere but like the battle theme is so energetic and fun this uh the soundtrack for this game is very much like lo-fi hip hop, like mixed with Evanescence. Like it's great. It's so good. <laughs> and the the theme song of the battle uh, or the battle theme in this game, the chorus is just, Oh yeah. Baby, baby. And like never gets old somehow. Like every persona game has a theme song. I don't, I didn't do it justice, obviously, but it just never gets old and has that like looking good out there, like kind of repartee with the characters as well as the the standard uh, all-out attack, where if all the enemies are down, everyone jumps in. And in 3 and 4, it's not quite as stylish as 5's all-out attack, but it's like, you see a comic letter like, thwomp, smack, like, you know, there's yeah. a bunch of clouds. And uh, my favorite thing about the game, it's like the oldest meme in history, but one of the party members, Akihiko, when you say yes or no to doing an all-out attack, he goes, I've been waiting for this. And like, <laughs> I just, I'm always waiting for him to say that and hit yes. Um, I like him a lot too. Uh, Akihiko, I guess, Mitsuru. There's a lot of great characters. Some of them are like the Ryuji equivalent in this game just didn't work for me as much as Ryuji did. Um, yeah. It's tough to have the character that's like purposely annoying, but also they are, you yeah. know, and like has big, I'm the friend in a 2000s comedy energy, uh, <laughs> which like is hit or miss. Um, and I think, I think in terms of the like the stuff we briefly touched on in five, like three, unfortunately, I think has 
more ickier elements to that in 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 moments of like just being kind of close minded and, and some of the more like uh, off the hand jokes they make or or uh, one thing I'm not as into is like there there are s links with like everyone around you like there's a really lovely one with an old couple that owns a bookstore and like your other classmates and stuff but you only have s links with the women in your party so like mm-hmm. it just kind of and they're like they're good they're not they're i like i like how their stories play out but just setting it up that way makes it seem a little bit shallow with his, with his intention versus like, I just want to get to know everyone and see their story and whether or not this person becomes a love interest is up to me right. versus like, don't you want to date everyone? Which like, I think they even directly comment on in five because uh, if you try to do that, they all show up and beat you up and dump you in front of Sojuro, which is amazing. <laughs> uh, so um, it has that, which like, again, it doesn't, it doesn't ruin the experience, but it doesn't heighten it. And it definitely like takes away from it. Um, and, and is, is largely the reason why I would, I would put it lower in my list of games. At the same time, I think like the unsettling atmosphere and the, and the themes and the idea of like this passing of the clock and being precious for every moment and also embracing change like that, that theme is so prevalent in even the mechanics of the game. Like the calendar system seems invented to like drive this game's like message home of like, yeah, every day is, is this really awesome opportunity and like the good times pass too quickly and and tragedy just shows up out of nowhere but like you have to be grateful for the next day because it's always mm-hmm. you are always getting a new chance and like it sounds it sounds trite but it honestly works because of the whole game being built around that yeah um i i really love it i would recommend it i think like it it doesn't feel like the jump to five and four is probably the most where it's like, oh, they fixed a lot. But the jump <laughs> to four to three isn't as big because they were closer apart. They just kind of feel like they're exploring different sides of the same series. Like yeah. three is much more. Three has a stronger interest in the dungeon crawling aspects. It's, it's a lot harder if you want to have more of a combat centric experience with a really unsettling atmosphere and darker themes, uh, you'll like three more. If you're more into the downtime and like the ensemble, you'll like four more, which is why I like four more. Um, but they both do those things well. I just think like three is, it's one of those examples that we talk about all the time of like one game setting the foundation and then the other two building on it. But at the same time, I think that there's something that three is doing that is unique to it that I would say makes it worth checking out, even if you've played through four and five and, and really enjoyed those games. Yeah. My, uh, some of my close friends who are probably the biggest persona fans i know all say that uh three is their favorite so i imagine i'll make my way to it at some point i mean i i got the game based off the recommendation i haven't played it yet because i always wanted to get through five first but um now that I'm on that track, I think I think three's in my future because yeah, I mean it sounds so interesting, it sounds so good. I, j- I just wonder if uh, three portable is the way to go, or or if I should maybe do the PS2 version. I would say probably portable because I think that that has all the S links on it, and I would love. I think playing playing as the female protagonist in this game would actually get rid of the like gazier elements that I, that I bounce off of in the core game, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think that like there, there are a lot more narrative possibilities and you get a lot more into the minds of these characters, which I think is where the game shines. So I think like, and the ability to, you know, control your party members, honestly, 
surprisingly, like I was really prepared for the AI controlled party members to be like a, a deal breaker. Yeah. It works out pretty well because the combat is so is so fun and so energetic that like seeing it all happen is is fine. There's a much stronger emphasis on like the main character being your sole focus in three, because if they die, you lose. Um, that's been this it's the same thing in four and five although four and five have way more mechanics where like if you're close to a party mate they'll like push you out of harm's way or something mm, yeah. um, three doesn't have that so like uh at the same time three's protagonist is like significantly stronger than everyone else mm. uh, and you can customize them a lot more because they can use all the different weapons you know you have all the different personas but what you can do is you can give your party mates tactics and the AI is, is surprisingly really good. Like, I find that most battles, I just say, act freely. And they usually do what makes the most sense, which is really surprising. Yeah. Should I be doing um, that in 5? Is that a, is that even an option in 5? Or should I be controlling everyone? Um, I would say, like, if you feel a little lost, I don't think it's a bad idea to have the characters be AI controlled for a bit. Just to see, like what strategies the game is thinking of. And then yeah. I personally don't think there's any downside to controlling everyone. Cause you can like, you know, you have more control over the flow of battle, but if you're like, I don't know what is a good idea. It might, it might not be a, it also, I think the reason they did that in three and in four, it defaults to them being AI controlled, but you can change to being directly controlled yeah. is that they want you to feel like you are the protagonist. Right. And like, you're the one controlling this character and everyone else is, is a character. Um, but I don't know. I, I like controlling everyone personally. I also think that um, in a weird way, I found that as much as I felt like I could kind of project myself into the shoes of all three protagonists, Joker is the one that feels like there is a little bit of character already set for him. Mm -hmm. Like, whereas in four and three, they're, they're just blank slates for you to fill in. Yeah. I get a sense of who Joker is. I feel like right. I know, like, you know, based on the dialogue you're given and, and his, like, kind of laissez-faire, rebellious ad attitude. I'm like, this guy's cool. I know his vibe. Yeah, I've actually Whereas, been thinking like, a lot about Kentucky Rat Zero and our conversation yeah. about that while playing Persona 5, just based on... Uh, for those who didn't listen to the Kentucky Route Zero thing, but uh, one of the really interesting things that that game does is that it uses dialogue options as a way of giving you more background as to the character you're controlling at that moment or whoever you're choosing dialogue for. Um, so you'll be presented with three options and all of them are uh, equally valid and all of them, like you kind of have to take a, um, like a multi-universal approach to playing that game where like, there are there are potential futures in which you have selected all of these options. They are all uh, valid and all give you backstory. Um, and I, I kind of think about that a lot while playing Persona 5 in that a lot of the options like are just telling me more about who Joker is as a person. Like he is capable of of being like kind of a hard ass and kind of a badass if he wants to be. But yeah, there's also another version of him that you can play that is very much like playing by the rules and like understanding that he's on probation and like just trying to work his way through that. Um, and, and both are equally valid and you can, as like any real person would fluctuate easily between those two, depending on how you're feeling in the moment. But you know, like, will you let cooler heads prevail or not? It doesn't really matter because like Joker, as you said, has a kind of personality set for him. So like you're going to be playing in kind of one of those two realms regardless. Yeah. And you, you still feel like you're, you know, playing a classic RPG protagonist, but like, yeah. I think that the, the backstory they gave him and those moments you just called to like, I think make Joker my favorite to play as for his protagonist i think is the most confusing because he just sort of shows up and like is great at everything yeah i wasn't <laughs> even really clear on what his relationship to the person he's staying with is 
Like, yeah. And it might just be a, a, a byproduct of me not having played in like eight to 10 years. But yeah. No, but you really just moved to town and like, it's like your uncle, I think. I don't uh, even know. That's what I mean. I have no idea. Yeah. Like it, it's fine because I think the star of four is everyone else. And like, you're just sort of there to fill a void. But right. even in three, like there's a sense of place, like joining the X-Men right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I appreciate the fact that three begins and everyone knows what's happening. Cause like it takes eight to 10 hours and four and five for the cast to like, know what the other world is like. Right. Um, you show up in three Mitsuru's like, here's a gun. We're going to fight shadows. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, classic Edelgard directness. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised at how much I'm enjoying three. I think I just really burned myself out. And I think that like the series has overall gotten better as it's gone on, but there's something really special about three's atmosphere and, and, uh, I would recommend it. It's really cool. Cool. Um, probably the PSP version for now, but I will the secret into the universe a like uh, Persona Three Sapphire Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch that that has all those elements in one place. Yeah, please um, give yeah. us that. Give us Persona Four Golden. Yes, just something. Even I'll settle for Persona Five Scramble. Just give us. Yeah, give, <laughs> we want more. Give us more. something. Yeah, yeah. They, they, it's weird that. Um, Atlas is on like a Nintendo trajectory of like, all I want to do is give you money and you're not letting me do it. Yeah, it is. And like Q2 came out as the last 3DS game. Yeah, uh, right. And that is also very Atlas. Like, okay, we'll give you a Nintendo game. It's going to be the last game on a now defunct console. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the good news is that you can still get copies of, of both of these pretty easily uh, if you have a PS2 or PSP lying around. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll probably talk about this again. I, I think we'll probably revisit all three of these games. I'd love to do a Persona 4 episode. Yeah. And talk more about Royal once I pick it up. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about halfway through three for context, uh, which means I'm 2,000 hours into it. And, you know, <laughs> it's funny because at this point in the plot, all the characters are like, this is it. This is the last battle. And I'm like, I know it's not. I know it's not. We reached stage six of the Fool Arcana. It can't end now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, man. We talked about Persona a lot. I feel the bug is back, but I also feel kind of like tired yeah. and overwhelmed. Uh, well, I guess that's our cue to to hang it up for the week, then, huh? <laughs> yeah, good to end an episode by saying, you know what? I feel tired <laughs> and overwhelmed. There's plenty of barrier to go around. Yeah. Um, hey, thanks so much to everybody who listens to the show. Um, the constant support has been really great. Um, Steven and I just had like a had a moment, I would say, over the past couple of days where we were just like, man, this is cool. Like every once in a while I'm in the discord and I'm just like, this is amazing that this exists. And and, and yeah, there are just so many people that are like so down to hang out and, and be so wonderful. So thank you so much to everybody who's listening and like hanging out and supporting the show in any way, shape or form. Um, as we say every week, the best way to um, support the show, honestly, is to just share it with a friend. Just tell somebody else who you think would like it. Um, we're not paying for ads or anything like that for this show. So like, it's really just word of mouth that gets it around. Um, on that note, like if you feel like giving us a review on Apple podcasts, that would be awesome. Yeah. We also have a Twitter account. It's at into the cast. As I mentioned, the discord, um, is bit.ly slash TWG discord. The links in the show notes, or you can go to the worst garbage dot online to find that. Uh, we also have a Twitch account that's at into the cast. And um, we have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash into the cast and support us there. Um, probably going to say this for the remainder of the global nightmare. But uh, hey, if you are backing this Patreon, if I'm about to call it your name and you're like, oh, I don't know if now's the time to give money. No harm. No foul. <laughs> like, we don't care. Yeah. At all. Not that we don't care, but like 
we, we want you to feel financially stable during this time. Uh, so if yeah. you are donating money and you feel like you maybe shouldn't be, please, by all means, uh, remove your donation, remove your pledge. Totally fine. Uh, but that said, thank you to everybody who continues to support us. Um, and that includes Akira, Alex, Andrew D, Andrew D, Ariel, Bede, Benjamin D, Benjamin W, Bolt, Brendan, Brett, Catherine, Christopher, David, Dennis, Elliot, Hilton, Inez, Jason, Jeff, Joeri, Josh, Cameron, Connor, Kieran, Kim, Kyle, Mark, Marcel, Marianne, Melly Muffin Pie, Micah, Min, Murray, Naomi, No Name, Pablo, Philip, Roberts, Lou Peasy, Scout, Sebastian, Shelley, Skin Tight Alloy, Spencer, Trevor, and William. Um, thank you all so much for backing the show. It really means so much. Um, thank you. It's awesome. Yeah, I second everything Brendan said. You know, in terms of the financial support, we do really appreciate it, but the show's existence is not uh, crucial to it. So while we can always do more with more support, uh, we will not stop making the show no matter what. Yes. Basically. Yeah. We're thankful to be you able to You can't fucking stop us from making the show. You can't stop me. I want to talk about Barito and Persona 3. <laughs> That's why I think I, my brain's like, I don't know what to do with this information. I hope someone likes it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's been, for Brendan and I, like doing this show is is a blast. And it's I think that's what I kind of realized I was grateful for is where I think I'm just happy that that this doesn't have to be on pause and is one of the constants that like kind of marks my week out and and keeps me happy yeah Um, same so uh i'm glad that i'm over the era of playing persona 3 immediately starting uh no beating persona 4 me starting 3 and then having no one to talk to (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh yeah we love you hope everything is going well by you stay safe and uh thanks for listening yeah uh we'll see you next episode i think is ff7 isn't it i, I mean it might be i it seems like God damn it, it seems like that's gonna be the case which you know is now was now the time to start a hundred hour jrpg yeah. probably not but yeah here we are Here's the deal. FF7 is going to be one of those, like, me eating raw meat in my living room. Just, like, a <laughs> weird animal. Like, I, I, the, it's the dark hour, and I've turned into my persona. I'm just a weird, skinless werewolf eating red yeah. meat. Yeah. Uh, that will be over in a few days, and then I'll kind of come back to my senses and be like, okay, I guess I'll play Persona 5. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe this is on the way. Um yeah, it's kind of amazing. But also, I put a uh, hundred hours into Animal Crossing already. So who knows? Like maybe, maybe I can yeah. get it all done. <laughs> maybe I could do it all. I wonder what's going to happen. Is I'm going to start playing FF7, then go back to Animal Crossing, and everyone has moved out, <laughs> <laughs> except for you know the Tom Nook and Isabel. Yeah, who's really there? There, there are rocks. All we really need is Tom and Isabel. They got our backs. Yeah, and Zipper. And oh god. <laughs> Everyone's moved out except for Zipper, and he's like, "Thank God we have all these eggs." <laughs> you just walk into people's houses, and instead of the villagers, it's just eggs wearing it their is- clothes. <laughs> Every house is covered in yolk. Yeah, he's just throwing eggs. Like, how do you like this? It's shit. Uh, well, my name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. <laughs> I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Have a wonderful week. Uh, enjoy all these lovely games that are around us and ahead of us. Yes. Uh, goodbye. You'll never see it coming. Wow, that was a long one. Baby, baby. I'm going to hit stop. Me too. I'm going to stop this. Persona 5 Steven. TWG, the worst garbage dot online.